Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Last Prepper Standing Podcast. Today, I'm joined by the Roaming Prepper. Thank you for sh- coming on today. Yeah, thanks for having me today. Man, what a day, huh? We're on the on the heels of the subway shooting today, which is obviously a huge topic. Um, I, I'm going to try to drop this podcast a little bit earlier than I was planning, just because that's, that's such on the forefront. I imagine it's something we're probably going to get into. Well, um was just came off your live stream you had a lot of good tips um for people what what was your kind of initial thought when you saw that as someone who travels a lot i imagine that kind of had like a different impact on you yeah well and i as i'd mentioned in in some of my streams you know i i do travel a lot i travel a little less now it's more regionally but i was thinking you know this guy walked into the subway with all this gear in a bag or whatever and nobody noticed him um, situational awareness is just non-existent nowadays. And um, I, I bet if someone had looked up, they would have seen what this guy was doing. But uh, there's something not right about this whole deal. Uh, it's, it's really suspicious. Most, you know, the active shooter training I'd taken, most active shooters, they're looking to die. The guy who shot up Fort Hood, Hassan, he, he shot and then he fell to his knees with a gun in each hand. Like he was waiting for the cops to take him out with the MPs. And uh, this guy popped smoke. He had a mask. He had an overcoat. And he started dumping things as he left. Man, there's something, there's something different about this than just a plain old mass shooting type. Right. And now the suspect that they're looking for at this time, they have not found him at the time of this recording. Um, he's an older gentleman. He's 62 years old and he doesn't, he looks like a bigger, a bigger, heavier set guy too. Um, wow. And he had, he not only had um, the gun, but he had a bag of firecrackers with him and a hatchet, which is like, it's just weird things to have with you. If you're going to be doing a mass shooting event. I don't know. Like you said, it's really a lot of strange anomalies. And yeah. from the social media posts they're talking about, they found it kind of seemed like he had it out for the current mayor. And that's surprising. And the fireworks, I think people uh, don't realize. Remember when the, uh, I forgot it was about 2012, 13, there was a guy tried to bomb Times Square, but the pickup truck, the vehicle caught fire instead. Um, he actually was using a bunch of uh, dumped out fireworks as his primary explosives to start the detonation chain. Uh, but he didn't do it right. He didn't, he basically, I won't say it on the, on the video <laughs> on the recording, but he, he didn't configure it right. And, uh, but it's interesting that this guy, this was planned. I mean, he had fireworks, he had a hand weapon, he had a firearm, he had smoke, uh, Super curious what this guy was up to. Right. And then the, the consensus seems to be that the only thing that stopped what was going on was a malfunction with the gun. Either it jammed or something like that, which, mm-hmm. I mean, even if you like, if you kind of take out the context of it being a horrific act, no matter how much planning you have, even if you're planning on the other side to defend yourself or other people, I mean, you got to really know how to clear a malfunction. And that, oh. that's kind of like a takeaway to me, too, because that would be if you're on the opposite end, if you're in a free state like we are and we're actually able to defend ourselves in that situation. Oh, yeah. You know, and I don't think a lot of people uh, train that way with their firearm. I think I heard you mention you've done some active shooter training and firearms is a part of that. So that one, the one I went to was actually it was more class and then they did scenarios with us. 
Um, but I have done some, you know, combative training, uh, a little bit of three gun back when I was younger and had hair. And, uh, and honestly, if you're shooting and your weapon jams, typically you're just, you know, you're automatically tap rack and roll. You're trying to clear that, that firearm to keep, keep moving. Um, it seemed like this fellow, he, he planned it, but very erratically, you know, he dropped his bag, he dropped the weapon. You would have thought, even if the weapon jammed, I would have taken everything with me and made it disappear in the Hudson. So, yeah, this there was a lot. Actually, it may have been a blessing that he was basically incompetent in the use of that weapon. Right, and that's I think uh, I think it to me it tends towards a lot of mental illness, which I think is a very underlying issue in our country right now that's leading to so much of this chaos too. Is this, you know, as people who pull out these attacks, I think every single one of them obviously wasn't coming from a, a place of stability, which I think is, is lost on the mainstream media when they talk about trying to come for, you know, your average citizen's guns. They're not talking about. No, absolutely. You know I mean? uh, they're, they're trying to treat the symptom. They're not trying to treat a root cause. You know, we've locked society down for what, two and a half years because of the Rona. And granted at first, nobody knew what we were up against, right? That was a smart thing. But then at some point, People weren't getting mental health treatment. People weren't getting their meds. They were they were confined and isolated from friends and family. That that's a huge burden. And now we're with the inflationary effects, the supply chain issue, and what's basically a proxy war between NATO and Russia. People are that stress, that energy is is starting to affect people. And I suspect we're going to see more of this. Right. And do you I, I kind of feel that negative energy out and about. I deal with the public a lot. And, you know, one, it was kind of crazy how quick people's attention span changed, like right out of Corona. I think that people were kind of desperate to talk about something else um, after yeah. after two years of talking about it all the time. I don't, I don't think people give that enough credit for everybody's attention quickly switching to World War Three. And now it's quickly switching to, to something else. But I don't think people give that enough credit for, for what's leading to some of the breakdowns, like you said. No. And honestly, look, if I had called you two years ago and said, hey, I'm going to write a book and it's going to have a pandemic. Uh, we're going to burn down a half dozen cities. They're going to have a riot in the Capitol. You know, we're going to have supply chain issues, inflation. People are going to freak out and we'll have World War Three. You would have told me, bro, that's too much. Just pick one disaster <laughs> pick one topic and stick with it and right? we've literally had all those things happen in the course of less than 36 months and to boot we had a hurricane that beat up louisiana pretty fiercely right and you know I, I think surprisingly i think um you know sometimes preppers will talk about it but the mental fortitude you have to have to get through these events and i think um, us being of that prepared mindset have maybe weathered the last two years better than most people because we mentally knew that stuff like this could happen. And so as, as you know, the perfect storm of events that you couldn't put in one book together all unfold at the same time, I would venture to guess that we're taking that pretty well, all things considered. I would think so. And I also think the collaborative nature of the prepping community online, because uh, for instance, if you know you and I are in the same state, but if we run into I don't know some issue, and it turns out you know one of our colleagues or one of the other creators in in Massachusetts had a solution, they share that. Now we have a solution vector. We're, 
I think it's in the nature of people who think like we do uh, to constantly look for a solution vector, if you will. They're trying to find that direction. Like, how do I deal with this? And it could burn you out on the one hand, but I think we're less likely because we're taking some kind of action. You're less likely to become a, a, you know, a pressure cooker of emotion, which may yeah, be what happened to this of, guy. A victim of the circumstances in, in a way too. Oh, now that's actually, that's kind of a good segue into kind of my first question is, is what would your be, advice be to someone who's just getting started in prepping? Well, it's funny you ask. Um, you know, I have, uh, I'm on multiple platforms and for whatever reason I took off on TikTok uh, because I, I do the shorts largely because of my, uh, my schedule. So I, I kind of cir- uh, circle around those short videos and it took off. And I've had a lot of younger folks, young families, uh, military spouses reaching out to me saying, hey, I'm just getting started. Where do I start? Um, What I would tell people is start with the fundamentals, right? A lot of look at your situation and everything's around your budget and time, right? Look at your situation and say, okay, I want to prepare. I tell people start simple for a 72 hour kit. Okay, so what do you need? You you figure out what kind of food you'd think you'd survive in. I've told some folks if you prepare for a three-day camping trip but put all the gear in a bin, that's a great start. A small stove, a couple of cans of food, some dry food, extra water, and, and that's a great place to start. And then start understanding your area and say, okay, look, for instance, I live now, I went from the Gulf Coast of Texas to West Texas. It's very dry here. Finding water naturally is is difficult. So I know in the back of my mind, I have to stash extra water more than I'm used to. Um, Relocating was big, made me really push me out of my box. But just start with the basics, start with a 72-hour basic kit. Even ready.gov has a great list of just prepping 101 things to put in one of those Walmart Tupperwares. And once you have that, then you start evaluating, okay, how do I prepare for a week, for two weeks, for three months? Um, but do it gradually. It's a, it's a marathon. It's not a race. It's not a, a sprint at all. Right. And it could definitely feel like you're you're behind the eight ball, I think, if you were to jump into prepping right now. And I, and I kind of worry about this sometimes. I feel like some people might make some poor financial choices if they just, you know, one day they hit, they click the right YouTube and they're, they're immersed in the world of prepping. They're like, oh, man, I'm way behind. Let's charge up this credit card. And the next thing you know, you know, they didn't put too much thought into it and they're they're in a bind, you know? Yeah. And, and as creators, as, as podcasters, YouTubers, TikTokers, whatever your platform is, we've got to be very careful. And I, at least I try to be what I tell people. Um, you know, I've seen some folks go and say, oh, the end is near. Run up your credit cards. Absolutely not. Yeah. You, you don't want to do that. Um, there's so many ways to prepare on the cheap and get the basics going. And then you can evolve from there. Right. And that's for, for me, I always start with um, kind of like the financial aspect of it is, is make sure that you have three months worth of your main bills. And, and to me, your main bills is your, is your power, your transportation and your housing. Right. Because those, those are, you know, your house, I think, or your apartment or whatever it may be for you. 
a lot of people don't realize that's like that's your number one prep to me it is just the place you're going to be and you're going to hold up you got to make sure that you have that maintained yes. i think a lot of people um i know and i maybe you maybe it's the same for you or not it'd be interesting to know i know more people who were affected financially because of covid versus being affected by the actual sickness itself so had they been prepared financially, they would have been better off than they are now. But, you know, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's where no, I'm trying it absolutely to does. To and, and preparedness is multifaceted. It's not just about, you know, 10 Cloverfield Lane, you have a bunker. And you, you <laughs> it, it, it's as simple as, you know, an SHTF stuff hits the fan. Um, for you and I, it could be, say, Russia and the U.S. get into it. Okay, that would be pretty serious. But for a lot of people, losing your job is the stuff hits the fan. Um, having a car wreck, losing your vehicle, that's a problem. So, yeah, if, if you can prepare a little bit of money, uh, and again, it starts with the basics. Have at least one month. Try to get there. Then when you get that one month, say, okay, let me save a little more and try to get two months. Uh, I think what, what we're going to see is a lot of people are trying to be prepared and now they're getting overwhelmed. And I it would is, hope if they listen to us and kind of keep it basic, it may help. Yeah, it's definitely an overwhelming endeavor. And I, and I, I, I as a prepper who's been doing this for a while, will catch myself in bouts of just being overwhelmed by what I'm trying to do. You know, I like I had a real simple garden the last couple of years and now I have no garden because the scale I was trying to do at, do it at was, unmanageable for me so oh yeah I, w I went from having a little something to having nothing because i took on too much at once so. right and you know you bring up a good point sometimes you, you try to do something and you do it wrong or it's not the right time folks who are trying to be prepared shouldn't hesitate to stop and reevaluate their situation and say you know what this is not something i can do now it's okay put a pin in it back up and, and take another direction for a while until you can sort that problem out. Right. And that's always hard for me to do personally, just to be yeah. like, Hey, like, cause I don't like to feel like I'm a quitter. You know what I mean? No. To be like, hey, well, this isn't working. Like, I need to ah, stop. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's, um, so I, I mean, that kind of leads into the next question. What, what advice we're sort of talking about it, but what advice would you give for like a long time prepper? Um, and maybe more specific into that question, with inflation and all that stuff on the rise, would you start digging into your food supplies and stuff now? Or do you think there's kind of more, there's going to get worse. So you might as well wait. Well, the way I see it, um, even say an experienced person, this is what I'm doing. I actually mentioned it earlier is, uh, the chicken strips I was showing on my live. I actually bought eight months ago. So I'm using the inflation. I'm basically eating today on last year's pricing and I'm backfilling what I use on a regular basis so that I can eat tomorrow on today's pricing. And so if you can get, if you're more experienced, you have a little more inventory, try to set yourself up to where you rotate and utilize the food. So you're not throwing too much out and then replace as you go, understanding your replacement cost is going to be a little higher. Um, but if your financial situation isn't to where you can do that, then definitely start at least incorporating some of your preps into your food instead of buying uh, extra food. Use that rice you've had for a while. 
you may buy the chicken tonight, but use the old veggies. Yeah, if you can incorporate a rotation into an inventory, it lets you kind of stave off that inflationary effect a little bit anyway. Right. Now, I didn't, um, I recently got, no, I say recently, it was probably about like six, seven months ago, a deep freezer. And we've, and we were incrementally building up what we had in there and it's pretty full now. So now I'm kind of question. I almost think I paid for the freezer at this point with the increase in the food prices. Like oh, if yeah. I to start eating the food that's in that freezer, not ever go to the store. Not only would I save the current money, but I probably would have paid for the freezer itself. Cause it was, that's probably only like four or $500 freezer. And the amount of food that I have in there, I'm sure if I sat down and, Hey, what was the food price at this point? versus what's the food price <laughs> at that point. I'm probably definitely in the in the black, as they like to say. Oh, right? I, I I totally I totally agree with you. And uh, actually, I've had I made a whole video on how to organize it. When we were a younger family, we were in hurricane country in Louisiana, and I had an open top deep freezer, but it wasn't very well organized. So I had stuff in there, and it just became this abyss of garbage and by the time you found things it, they were frostbitten so when we reload i wound up throwing everything in there away and selling it uh, the one i have now is smaller because it's just two of us but i have baskets by type of meat i have everything labeled the food saver has been a game changer for freezing stuff um yeah there there's ways to do it if you do some research folks can find a more effective way to use what they have i have to go look up that video i think i'm pretty organized right now but i bet if i watch your video i'm gonna be like man i'm not organized at all <laughs> well you yeah, know it's funny my freezer's super organized and the other day i had a uh a can avalanche and they were all over the floor the corgis were running through them in a panic it, it was just a mess so, so so while we're while we're on this topic too so like we just mentioned before, it, it's been really windy here and I'm actually getting kind of nervous about like the power going out. Do you have a plan on how to, is that the main priority if the power goes down is to make sure that freezer stays freezing? Well, yeah. So what I've done, I have to replace my generator. I do have a Jackery. I think it's a little too small for that purpose. So what I've done preemptively since the freezer's full, uh, when we've ordered, you know, online food for the holidays or whatnot, they come with gel packs or gel inserts. I didn't throw those out. I saved all of them and I put them between the layers of food in the freezer. So that will buy me quite a bit of time before I actually have to start worrying about it. Ultimately, though, I probably will need a new generator or larger jackery. Um, but keep in mind, if you have a deep freezer, like an open top freezer, exactly you only need to plug it in one hour out of every six just to refreeze everything. Uh, okay. So a lot I did not know that. If you think about it, like I've, I've actually unplugged mine by accident and I went back that afternoon and things were still frozen. It did not lose a lot of temperature because it is insulated, depending on where it is. Mine is inside the garage, and it's an attached garage that's also insulated. So obviously, if you have it like on your back porch or a shed, it may it may struggle to stay cold. Right. But, yeah, I gotta I gotta keep that in mind. That's a great idea with the the packaging and to, yeah. to help with the insulation. So so I actually went to HEB in the fish department. I went to get I don't remember what. And they had a whole box of those little gel freezing inserts 
from their recent delivery. And I asked them, well, are you going to throw those out? And they said, we don't, we put them in the back. And I asked if I could have some, I took about 20 of the things. Really? That yeah. H-E-B, man, you'd be getting hooked up there. Oh yeah, absolutely. I was watching, I was the, you had that Texas toast and you're describing how to do that air fryer. Oh man. I don't think I have an H-E-B in my area though. Um, that sounds like a great deal there. It, and you know, that's another way people can prep. For instance, they'll have the coupon that says, you know, buy the main course, whatever it is, chicken or beef or something. And you get all these things for free. When I got that Texas toast, uh, the main course was like this little fish stick package. So I bought that for dinner. But then I got the bread. I got a bottle of dish soap. I don't know what that has to do with the fish or the bread, but fine. <laughs> um, I got chips. And I got spices. It came with free spices. So I paid 10 bucks for the main course. The coupon gave me another $7 of free stuff. I didn't even make that stuff that night. I, I added that to my preps. So look for those. People can look for these deals. Um, couponing is a great way uh, to find extra goodies. Oh, yeah. Coupon. We, when uh, the, my kid, I got three boys. When my kids were a little younger and, and we were kind of just getting started out, I was so much better at doing that type of stuff. And we got kind of away from that with no other reason than I guess I want to blow some money because you could, <laughs> save, you could, you could save a lot of money. So that's, that's something I need to put on the forefront of my mind too, especially with like the inflation and all that stuff is like, what's those little things I could do to kind of help me retain some of the income and, you know, just not be bleeding money for no reason. No. And it's tough because sometimes you see something and you think that's going to really help me. That's a great deal. But then it becomes a question of money. Do you want to extend financially in this current market environment? Um, right. And folks need to make a judgment call. But I would not, like we said earlier, I would not run up credit cards right now. Yeah, I think that's a, a bad idea altogether. But um, now you mentioned you're you're pretty popular on TikTok. I have not jumped into TikTok yet. I think I initially found you on YouTube and then mostly follow you on Instagram right now. Um, now, do you offer any type of services or, or where's like the best place for people to reach out to you? So I haven't got I haven't evolved to the point where we have specific services Um because of my professional career, I'm, I'm an energy sector engineer. Um, my schedule is already psychotic, but um, I am on uh, YouTube. I'm on Insta. I'm on Facebook. I don't check Facebook as much because I don't get a lot of activity there. Um, TikTok, I'm about to hit 18,000 followers. It's absolutely insane. Wow. Uh, and uh, of course, I have email, the roaming prepper at gmail.com. And, you know, I just, I kind of, people send me messages. Actually, when I sat down today, uh, just before we got on, I opened up Insta and I had a bunch of messages from different content creators, uh, much like you and I have done. And, and they were trading notes. One has a whole group chat going on and I haven't caught up with that one. So, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm on a few. Uh, and right now I'm kind of feeling my way into what the next step would be. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, on the heels of before our conversation, I got to post a video with uh, Rogue Pre or the podcast with Rogue Preparedness, and now doing this one with you. Um, you two inspire me a lot, and I wanted to make sure I tell you that because I feel like the 
that you give out um, on a daily basis. Like I like your, your motivational Mondays and the daily topics you do, but I feel like you guys really give a whole lot to people and I don't know what you're getting in return for it. And sometimes it's just good to give, but that's, I hope people at least go follow you and follow the content. Cause content, you put out good messaging and it's stuff that I learned for from every day, even though I've been doing this for a long time. So, you know, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. It's, it's great to chat with you. I'm looking forward to possibly chatting in the future. And um, I hope you guys, I hope you have a, a great rest of your work week. And I really, really appreciate your time. Well, you too, man. It's been great to talk to you and, and all of your listeners. And again, folks, keep it basic, be systemic. Don't freak out. It, it won't help you. Um, and follow this guy here because LSB, he's a, he's a great guy. <laughs> I appreciate that. All right, brother. Until next time. Thank you. Thank you, man. Bye.